0: This episode of Policing Matters is sponsored by Utility, Inc., the innovative technology-enabled service provider recognized for creating groundbreaking digital systems for frontline professions in effectively collecting, analyzing, and managing digital media evidence. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Is there enough good technology out there to help police officers to train for better outcomes? Are there systems that test true possibilities of outcomes in response, problem-solving, and leadership? Our guest today has written several articles on just those issues. Uh, Are virtual simulators the answer Or the supplement to live training. Well, our guest today is Captain Warren Wilson. He is a writer, firearms instructor, and training commander at the Enid, Oklahoma Police Department. He has over 3,000 hours of documented training, 1,000 of which are directly related to firearms and firearms instruction. Warren is a published author of over 130 magazine articles since 2012. Welcome to Policing Matters, Warren Wilson. Thank You for having me. Hey, yeah, I've been reading your articles. Uh, they're always uh, informative, sometimes, uh, fascinating. Uh, I know you're uh, heavy into the simulators and some of the articles that you've written recently. I want to ask you about those, but in short, are there good systems out there to help train today's law
1: enforcement officers? Absolutely, at least one. <laughs> uh, we, we, do, we just got a Vertra 300 system which is a 300 degree simulator and uh, i can only tell you about it but it is it's fantastic and it's been really good for us
0: yeah and because of interoperability because of uh, customization how's it work
1: we can do a lot with it you know when you you think of simulators you're mostly thinking of you know the old fat system we can stand in front of the screen and you had options of shoot or don't shoot right and that was it. Well, Virtra uh, has multiple branches on all of its, on all of their scenarios. So a lot of things can happen one way or the other. We use it for a de-escalation training. We use it for uh, OC pepper spray training. We use it for taser training. We use it for marksmanship. I, I have, when I have a remedial student that's having trouble shooting, one of the, I got two great guys that work for me in training there. Say their names real quick. Kevin Besachek is my sergeant. And Lieutenant Nick John. Well, Sergeant Bezlichek put together our actual qualification system in the in the or uh, qualification course in the simulator. And so I'll take those remedial students and the first thing we'll do is we'll go in there and without all the noise, without all the blast, because you know most people have trouble with when they have trouble, it's flinching and you know that pre ignition push. We'll go in and just work on all those other fundamentals. I can stand right right there beside them and work them through the system. I had one just the other day that I got him up to, he was shooting in the eighties. And so we got in the car, we drove out to the range and he qualified the first time. Wow. And that saved us hours and hours of, of training that we would have to do to, to get him there. So it's, we're using it for so many different things and it is customizable. We, we, we were able to get the V author software with it. So we can take a video and pictures of areas around town so for example, uh, again, Sergeant Besicek built a scenario based upon our back door of our department where the officers go to their cars. And so this dumpster that we've been seeing forever and you know those people that walk around back there, of course, it's not, not a secure area. Well, this dumpster and these cars that are always in the same place, all of a sudden somebody jumps out of there with an AK-47 or jumps up at us and says, hey, I need help. That's an interesting, <laughs> interesting, uh way to train our folks and then we've also got our our city hall for example we're taking pictures and video at, at, our, at our closest high school and we're going to eventually have all of our schools built in there where we can actually go train at those schools without leaving our training center and that'll give the guys multiple uh, um, not just the inoculation of the actual scenarios but it's going to give them familiarity with those buildings without ever having to even go in there mm just there's so much there's so many good things to it I, I can't even really go on about it I put about half of it in the article
0: yeah it's a great article we'll talk about that uh, after the break but yeah that's a, a great concept so especially in virtual training to get into the mind of the student um, as a as opposed to an abstract you know walking down a Hogan's Alley or some unfamiliar uh, geography you could customize it to your actual city uh, that would really get people thinking about, you know, what, what might they do in those scenarios because they could relate more to it. Um, how can we train for taking action rather than simply doing an assessment? And I know it's sort of a dilemma for law enforcement officers today when, you know, we're being pushed and pulled by the public and the media who want action but then they want de-escalation and they want hands on and then they want hands off. And, you know, for, we've we've had people on the program talking about decision-making like the OODA loop, right? Observe, orient, decide and act. And sometimes if we train for it often enough we can get into the habit of doing something right at the end. Are Are there systems, are there technology systems that allow you to do that to test leadership training, whether it's the first responding officer or somebody higher in rank?
1: Well, I would start off with the technique and then the the uh, system. The, the technique I would use is, you know, when, when we're promoting folks, there's a system in place and that kind of is what it is. And, you know, a written test, almost everybody has a written test and an oral interview and then they look at your record. And then, for example, we have a civilian oversight board that has one of our officers on it and four members of the of the community they decide who gets promoted. That's that's the system. That's just where the law is. So nothing we can really do about that. But when somebody makes um, somebody makes that that spot they get promoted. You know we've we thankfully got away from the here's your stripe sick them thing, you know, we send them to send everybody to FBI Lita, even though it's relatively expensive, we send them to that. But what I would like to see done and I'm mulling it over right now is Adding some practicals into into the, our into our um, our yearly training to where not only do our officers have to go in the simulator and handle a situation by themselves or with a partner, but also has, have a supervisor in there telling us what they would do in this situation. What would you be doing? Would you be staging an ambulance somewhere around the corner? Would you be you know staging the fire department in case a fire starts? you know those kind of decisions. Because you know the, the the body won't go where the brain hasn't been. So if we don't, I think it was Dr. William April said, if you don't have a parking space in your brain, a file in there to access if this, then this, you're not going to do it. You're you're unless you just get lucky and make the right decision accidentally. So I'm a big believer in actually taking our bodies and going and doing these things. So I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping to get that added at some point down the road.
0: Yeah, you know, I've had the opportunity to go to FEMA training at Teaks, and uh, you know they'll send a whole group from your agency, sworn and civilian, uh, police, public health, fire, EMT, and uh, as as a leadership group, you make decisions in in these scenarios. Um, are we going to be seeing those kinds of scenarios in Virtra or any other sort of virtual reality training?
1: You know, we could do almost anything we wanted with it. Uh, I, we had talked about, we're integrating more and more with the fire department. Of course they have fire marshals that we work with and we have a good sol- solid, we have a really good, very good fire department and we get a good, good solid relationship with them, but training with them some, a little bit more than we do is probably a good idea. And we had, uh, th- there's a program out there for integrating law enforcement and fire into these kinds of responses. And that's also literally on my to-do list because I have a handwritten list that I keep there at work, and that's on one of my things in my list that I really want to do in the future is do some more of those integrated trainings, to where we know who's going to do what and and why.
0: Yeah, we've often said, you know, you don't want to meet your opposite number from the other departments at the scene of the critical incident, right? It's better to get get ahead and and plan and train. You know, I know that some of the others like uh, Axon and the the RAP technologies, they have the VR headsets and uh, some of their claims are that, um, you know, students can take them home and train any time of the day or night. Does that kind of training uh, work as a standalone or do you need another human there to critique it and uh, make adjustments?
1: Well, we actually have one of those on the way to for TNR. Uh, I wish we'd have got it for um, t and I wish we'd have got it, got it in so I could tell you because uh, they're, they're pretty turned on about it. I don't look at anything new, any new technology as a replacement for, for any kind of training. I think we're just going to use it to supplement. So if, where I would, you know, in, re, in de-escalation class, I'm a, in realistic de-escalation class, I would talk to everybody about how we would do this. what we would do and we'd go over that and we'd sit there and talk until five and i'll try to make it as engaging as possible but then when we got the vertra i shut off the classroom at three and we go over across the street to the vertra and we get in the simulator and then we do de-escalation and if they for the most part if they do a good job with their de-escalation verbal skills i will will reward them by you know somebody giving up and getting into custody and then sometimes i won't no matter how good a job they did because that's real and sometimes de escalation is using enough force soon enough rather than just verbal skills. It's not like mm-hmm. you have use of force or de escalation, mm-hmm. they are an integrated skill. So sometimes, you know, arm barring somebody is, is de escalation. It's situations de escalated. He's in custody, minor injuries, and nobody's, everybody, you know, everybody's, everybody's going home or at least to jail. <laughs> Whereas the opposite can happen if you let something go on too long.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it it definitely requires an experienced trainer to to be nuanced enough to identify when when you need to step in and and make adjustments. So you've got classroom availability, a live instructor, and then you've got all your technology to support. What would a good training program, say an eight-hour day about around um you know four scenarios what would that look like
1: we would have to have our defensive tactics come in which we do uh we usually spend an entire day doing defensive tactics we're, we're, we try to get everybody updated every year so if we're going to do one only one day you're just like my chief you won't give me enough time uh, <laughs> i'd like about a week please Uh, uh, you know you've only got so much time to give so that's why the the technology helps so much because we can get somebody through so many more scenarios get so many more repetitions and you know on a little tangent they say there's five to seven high stress decisions that a student that a cadet makes in the academy
0: sure so say i give you four days but this is day one what's what's your intro look like
1: my intro is going to be probably defensive tactics and we're going to talk about farms and we'll do a little bit of block and silo throughout the day, but then we're gonna do those blocks and silos every day. We're going to, and then we're gonna be integrating them more and more and more. So every time they learn defensive tactics, their very next class might be, might be a legal block on use of force, but we're gonna make them integrate that, that DT stuff they learned into that legal block. Then with the next one after the legal block is firearms. They're gonna make them integrate firearms into that legal block and vice versa. And DT, and we're going to integrate all those things together. It's what uh I believe force science calls it high fidelity training. It's requiring you to remember those things. If we do one block and then we forget about it and never talk about it again until they have their final exam, they'll probably remember the questions, but will they remember the material? Because they haven't had to recall it recently. Mm-hmm. So we need that space spaced recall to happen over time. So every one of those days is not going to be. One thing or another, it's going to be everything or a whole bunch of things all put together and interleaved skills and interleaved memories so that they can remember this stuff a lot better. And so far, it's going very, very well. Turns out, if you listen to Force Science and do what they say, you have some pretty good success.
0: Yeah, we've had a, a number of guests on who are Force Science instructors uh, Nicole Farisi and Jamie Borden and, and some of the others. Um, Yeah. So the idea of doing the training, the physical training, and then discussing the liabilities and legalities involved with each, those are all the building blocks to jumping into the simulator.
1: Well, before we did that, we would do physical skills. We would do our, uh, do our, our building clearance, our traffic stops. We would build all those together. And then after, After that, that's when I would throw the simulator in towards the end of every single day and have them interleave all those skills. So let's say they've had their DT, they've had their little bit of legal refresher, they've had their firearm skills, they've had their building clearing for just a little while. And now we're going to the simulator and they're going to have to remember every one of those things. And I'm not going to tell them which one I'm throwing at them. Sure. But they need to be able to access those files whenever they get in that situation. So you, you know, you, usually we do the, those exact things, but in block and silo over a long period of time. Doing those interleaved together during the, during one or two days is a lot better way to remember things. And then you're not only getting repetition, but you're getting that recall on, you know, how, how did I do that arm bar? What, where did I put my foot? That kind of thing.
0: Hmm.
1: So when we get in the simulator, they're going to do all those things. And we're, we're talking about even putting, uh, putting people in there, act, actual actors in there. We've got some volunteers from uh, our local theater group that, that want want to come and and help us out and volunteer, and they could be right in the middle of that simulation with everything else going on at the same time. So uh, you know, the sky is the limit. It, it, the limit is your imagination. And then obviously, you're going to experiment with some things, and some things may work better than others. Some things are going to work better for other people, uh, some people than others. That's that's just part of being a teacher is is learning how to how to make the best out of what you got. And you know, with law enforcement budgets and staffing uh, nobody i don't think there's anybody that's not facing staffing struggles. we can yes. get through a ton of training we can get them like i was saying five to seven decisions in, in an academy i can get them 30 or 40 in an academy maybe even 50. and the guys asked me uh my, my lieutenant my sergeant they asked me how many, how many do we, you want to get and i said see how many you can get within reason see how many you can get because the more decisions they make under stress the better they're going to do out in reality
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and they should remember. Hey, I'd like to talk to you more about uh, training uh, new recruits and how we can make the training more realistic. If we're going more virtual, uh, how do we build in uh, realism? But first, I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. Utility provides a universe of intuitive solutions for effectively capturing, analyzing, managing, and sharing video evidence. Technologies include a variety of cameras, sensors, devices, as well as situational awareness software solutions for law enforcement, first responders, transportation agencies, and utility providers. To learn more about utility and its technology solutions, visit utility.com. That's ut-ility.com. And we're back, and I'm speaking with Captain Warren Wilson, training commander at the Enid Oklahoma Police Department. Hey, so you've got you know new recruits coming in, some older Gen Z people or generation millennial, the millennials, and then some Gen Zs coming in now, you know, the younger folks. Um, do you take into consideration the generational shift when you're doing your training, or are they just going to have to go with the program and and train alongside the forty year old uh, you know ex uh, carpenter who decided to go into policing?
1: We've had them from 21 to 60, just in the just in the four academies that we've done, and you absolutely have to take that into consideration, not only as far as your training goes, but how they interact with each other. Uh, something to think about with younger folks is they don't do as well in confrontations face to face as as older folks did. You know, when we went to high school, fighting wasn't that big of a deal. You got in trouble for it, but it wasn't. You didn't get kicked out of school for a year, and I'm not denigrating that policy. You obviously don't want kids fighting, but what comes with that is a lack of inoculation to violence and to uh, -to face-to-face stress. Now they have confrontations online all the time, of course, but there's no real danger there except for your feelings getting hurt. (laughs) So um, yeah, the more realistic we can make it, the better. So what we do as far as as physical skills is, yeah, we're still doing everything that we did before. before. Our, Our cadets will have a day with the SWAT team, where they do basic basic uh, clearing, room clearing and active shooter and that kind of thing. Then a couple of weeks later, like I say with that, that spaced recall, we make them do it again, except this time they're doing it with seminitions, hmm. And there's a little bit of pain inoculation there when you make a mistake and you stick your foot out, out the corner. I remember one time telling uh, back in the 1900s when I first took my f- first force on force, one of the instructors said, you're sticking your foot out every time you come around that corner. I said, no, I'm not. I was 25 <laughs> and I, I knew everything. So my, I can still feel that paintball hit my pinky toe (laughs) and didn't put my foot out there anymore. You know, so it's, it's a good thing. And then after that, no matter how well they've done or not done, we go hit the simulator and we make them recall all that information that they had. And you'll see them in this simulator that it doesn't move. You'll see them trying to pie the corner. You'll, You'll watch their body trying to pie that corner. And so, um, you know, what's working, you know, it's worked for them and they do a lot better in the scenarios after that than they do before, because we do a little bit before too.
0: Mm. <clears throat> and so, you know, I, when you, you're talking about that and, and, the, you know, getting shot in the foot with the paintball. Yeah, you know, I remember some of our firearms training and, um, you know, move and shoot training where uh, we had. Instructors ringing cowbells and screaming at you and throwing soft things at your head while you're trying to go through this course. (laughs) Uh, That's artificial uh, stimulation that would simulate um, real world external sirens and people screaming and all that. Um, Have we introduced anything in the virtual world that would replicate some sort of real life? exterior, external um, distractions.
1: There is, well if mean like a physical thing, Bertrand does have a, a shock belt that uh, will zap you when you get shot. We haven't done that yet. We're mostly just using it as it is, but there's enough stress there, it's it's impressive. Uh, the, the the younger folks, the newer newer cadets, they have a lot of stress going in there. And I've had one of my grizzled old SWAT guys who's, you know, a, a full grown up and had decades of experience and been into a lot of stuff. And he came out of there with his hands shaking. And even I've done it so many times now, I still get a little stressed from it because you really want to win. You know, that's part of being a cop. We, the, the bad guys cannot win. We have to win. And so there's a little stress that goes in, into it. And some folks get very, very, um, get their heart rate up. I mean, it, it feels real. It really does because it's all around you. It's not just that TV screen you're shooting at like like Fats was in the 1900s, you know. This is truly the The noise, you can feel the noise because the speakers are so good. The the, the quality of the video is so incredible. You think you're standing right there with somebody. We've got one of them that's just a, just a basically a tooler uh, kind of a drill where somebody will charge you and you see if you can get out and get on target, get one hit, you know, the old, 21 foot, 31 foot thing. That's enough to get somebody a little amped up, and that's just obviously staged. So whenever we have reporters come in, I always spend, I always give them that one, and then I let them play a game, and then I put them in a real, a real situation that that will scare them. Not, it's not scare them, but it's a scary situation. So they can kind of feel it, and every one of them has come out and said, "Wow, I have a newfound respect for for uses of force." Now this is difficult. So. Another another good aspect of the of the for, of the virtual training.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been through uh, three different types of virtual reality, and the latest ones, like you say, they are so realistic. Um, you know, you see real people. You can look around objects and under objects, like a car. Or you can simulate a car stop and look under the car. Um, so incredibly real. Um, You're writing uh, about all kinds of technology, your simulator technology article came out at the end of July, and uh, you talk about all the different things that you train for, uh, active threat, killer, autism awareness, uh, contact and cover concepts, de-escalation, dog encounters, high-risk vehicle stops, uh, dealing with people with mental illness, taser targeting, even tourniquet application under threat and uh weapon transitions um they're all great you know um again to the you know what we talked about at the beginning of the the podcast today training for decision making we we often put line officers under scrutiny in training but uh, it's not often that we train captains and above, captains and commanders and deputy chiefs and chiefs, in their decision-making skills. Um,
1: it's needed, don't you agree? How are we going to do that? I think the same exact way. I think we'll we run we run through scenarios and just talk about them, and then put put that put that captain in that scenario and say well, we're going to have because we should be training as far as a captain i should be training as a cop and as an administrator and so i do that you know I do that a lot with reading books and whatever but nothing nothing really prepares you as much as actually going out on calls and i think that's something that i'd like to do a little bit more um, i was going out on a call a while back and it was weird because my went to put my vest on and it had shrunk from all that time <laughs> i spent in the chair you know it's because of the heat i think or something <laughs> yeah. so, and then of course the guys see me try to Trying to tactical turtle my way into this into this body armor we're going to a stabbing call and they're just driving by me kind of looking and i thought i've got to get out of the car get out of the office a little bit more so i think a little bit of that round table discussions and then i think running the simulator and having the captain in the back of the room say okay you're the only supervisor on this call what are we going to do uh the, the you know the, the swat commander he's used to making those decisions our, our swat captain he does this all the time but i'm over training and i haven't been a real cop in a long time and you know it's it's important for us to get out there and do do all those things so you sh- you know the higher up you get the more you should be learning and training i think
0: yeah no i think it's a missed opportunity to train and then test and i think the testing is really important um you know we we do train the people that matter the the first responders and uh SWAT operators and their commanders but um You know, for some, you know, I've worked for people, I'm sure you have too, who just, you know, there's that paralyzation by overanalyzation. And uh, that can go on too long when when decisions have to be made. And I could see, you know, our young officers and our field officers being pulled and pushed about de escalate or advance, you know, grab somebody or hold off. Um, And so I think, you know, we've seen some recent events where everybody, the public, the media and even law enforcement officers are critical of, you know, our, quote, leaders who show up. And, um, yeah, I think it's due time that we train. So maybe you can get your foot in the door. You can be the first one.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and another thing on a side note there, not, not about technology, but having procedures in place. You know, if we have a barricade, we're going to do this. If we have an active, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And be on the same page, and that's something that that we we discuss from the very beginning. We discuss, and I don't want to give out too much of the over, at, at public. We discuss on those SWAT days. We discuss breaching, and we discuss modified breaching. If you don't have a tool and how you would do that, and I can tell you that uh, our folks know we're going in, and we hope to have more than one. But you're the lucky winner if you get there by yourself. There's nobody else around. You're going in. Right. And right. we're not, not going to wait. So and that's that's the big part of it is having those procedures in place so where everybody knows exactly where we're at. We're all on the same page.
0: Absolutely. Hey, what are you writing about these days? What, what's coming up next?
1: I am actually all the way caught up, but I've always got some ideas uh, revolving around force science and de-escalation and those kind of things. I think I'm I think I want to write an article on interleaving but I haven't asked our boss yet. So I need to, maybe she'll see this and, and talk about it, but interleaving in training and training the, and the importance of that. I've touched on it here and there, but I think it's a standalone topic.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, we are not endorsing any specific product. There are a lot of good things out there. If you get to a conference, check them out and, uh, and read up on um, The articles written by Captain Warren Wilson of the Enid, Oklahoma Police Department. Good stuff out there. Hey, thanks for taking time and and talking with us on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, and to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go back. We're going to post an article or two in the show notes for you to take a look at. And uh, again, uh, good stuff. Let us know what you think. Let us know uh, what you'd like to hear about, who you'd like to hear from, Thanks for listening. Uh, Watch yourself. Be careful. Be safe. And hope to talk to you again real soon. Take good care.